0: rich how often do you think about rome
1: every day grace
0: rome season one episode five the ram has touched the wall it is over but here on post show recap we're just getting started my name is grace but of course i'm not alone i'm here with dm philly philly how you doing
1: I am so good. The road to Rome leads on. All roads lead to Rome, like you said. Even though I don't think that's how roads work.
0: Well, the ones in Rome do. They're just one ways, right? That's what it yeah. means, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can't exactly. go. Well, except this this episode. He's so just like, I was in Rome for one episode. Good enough. I shall leave. Yeah, got to go. Oh no. <laughs> Which is fair as a as a military general. Fair enough to have to leave Rome and go south. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we can't relate at all as like 21st century podcasters. I leave my house very infrequently. <laughs> I definitely, don't. I do not get out that often. But Caesar just like traipsing all over the Mediterranean like nobody's business. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I walk my dog a couple times a day, but I think if people oh, yeah. did the math on how many podcasts I do and how much TV I have to watch mm-hmm. You do that, they'd be like, it's impossible that you ever leave your house. <laughs> oh yeah. I've <laughs> definitely
1: had that math thrown at me before. Yeah. Like, look, I could show my work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely go outside the house. I just don't leave the property. Yeah. I think it's probably a more accurate depiction. Yeah. Kind of the
0: dream, I just gotta say. I mean, yeah, uh, so, yeah, it's really yeah. Happening. If I could get theatrical releases in my house in a movie theater, I don't think I would need to leave that. Oh, I guess my family. <laughs> <If you're listening>. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, all right. Embarrassing. Uh, make sure to subscribe. PostureCups.com slash Rome. Make this worth it. We're watching Rome every day. We're thinking about it all the time. So uh, please subscribe. We're at the end of week one, Rich, because uh, people will be, are they going to be at a little bit of shock tomorrow when there's no podcast? They have to wait till Monday. It's like a reverse weekend, you know? You get excited for the weekend. It's plenty of time for everybody to
1: get caught up with us on the road to Rome. We're moving quick, Grace. It may only be one way, but the benefit is that we can like barrel full steam ahead. Uh, So take the weekend, get caught up. We'll be back on Monday
0: i need we need a name for this thing that happens when uh specifically you and i are post your recaps whoever is like we're going to talk about this show or rewatching this show or this show is coming out and it's based on a book and everyone's like that's my favorite thing um Mm -hmm. because i noticed as the uh just to give a little people sneak behind the curtain where we've recorded a little bit ahead so as the episodes are coming out people are coming out of the woodwork to be like hey i love Rome. this is like what happened with the sandman rich where i was like yeah i watch this show i don't really know anything about it And, and then like my favorite people like Lindsay Wilson and Kevin Mahade were like, that's yep. my favorite thing. I love." <laughs> yep. Yep, we had a lot of folks Popping
1: out of the woodwork For the Sandman The Sandman is beloved This is one of my favorite parts Of participating in post-show recaps And getting to talk about All this silly TV as we do Is um, there's something out there That somebody loves like so desperately And has been waiting for this conversation for years Like as a uh, recovered Survivor fan I definitely spent the like bulk of my marriage Trying to talk to my wife about Survivor (laughs) And it was like I really couldn't care less I will entertain you Because of the vast And oaths that I took, much like a Roman legionnaire, is how my wife approached our marriage. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately you have these conversations with people that are like kind enough to humor you, but sometimes it's really fun to have people be excited with you. And it's your favorite thing.
0: Yeah. My mom, when I told her I was doing this, she was like, that's a fun idea. Are you sure? Yeah, because and then uh, thankfully people in the discord were like, this is a really fun idea. So very exciting. All right. We yeah, we're at five episodes in rich. What'd you make of the ram has touched the wall? I
1: really like this episode. I think it's super fun. I, I know. um We were like a little bit like down maybe on like last episode. Or I think either. I was.
0: Yeah, yep. I think I was more than than you.
1: Mm-hmm. I love where we're getting here. Like I know where we're going to an extent. I'm really, this process has been a huge reminder to me of how long ago Rome aired and how much I have forgotten in the interim. But um, I think we get some really good stuff here that I really dig. I love Titus Pulo and Octavian. I, I I love a lot of where we're going. Grace.
0: It's pretty fun to get some new fun team ups here. Mainly for me, Pulo and Octavian, you know, you know that I like an adult who is is kind of caring for a child. Like Octavian's not fully a child; he's a pretty smart, uh, teen here. But um, this is a pretty this is a pretty fun story. Um, yeah, not great for Servilia and Caesar. Perhaps the the coming together of a union in Pulo and Octavian, and the and the ending of one between Servilia and Caesar.
1: Yeah, it really is that, right? Um like Caesar coming to Rome and leaving so relationships yeah. go. Chris. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh they're like, you know, dawns and twilights for all things. And so there's certainly a little bit of like a restructuring of of our alliances here. I mean, it's a thing that I think a lot of people that hang around PSR love is like it's certainly succession vibes we've been talking about a lot as we're talking through Rome. This like who's on whose team and the way that can like change so quickly and the motivations for the changes and the alliances as they're like kind of living and dying right in front of us are a really fun thing to track when we're in like the height of uber political Rome.
0: Yeah. It's very fun. All right, let me give you a quick, give a quick plot recap that we can walk through the episode as we see fit. Um, Varenus finds that most of his slaves have fallen ill due to the bloody flux, and as a result, he takes Mark Antony, who has been left behind to run the city and I will say is not pleased, has taken up uh, his offer to join the Evocati. Um, he has sold himself to a traitor, he tells Niobe. Meanwhile, graffiti appears on the walls of Rome, revealing Servilian and Caesar are sleeping together, and when Caesar learns that Pompey has accepted the agreement but refuses to meet in person he marches south to face, face his enemy and in doing so breaks it off with Servilia who herself has learned that Atiyah is the one who had the graffiti painted. Pulo begins training Octavian but asks him for help in whether or not he should tell Veronus about his wife's infidelity. Octavian <laughs> says we need more proof so they abduct Evander and when he reveals that he slept with Onobi and is the father of the child they just kill him and that's the ram has touched the wall.
1: It sure is. Uh, Just before I forget to talk about it, the ram has touched the wall. There's a line that Mark Anthony throws out at one point along Mm -hmm. the way in the episode. And it's basically like um, old kind of like conduct of war, this notion that like, once the siege begins on a city, once the battering ram makes contact with the wall, you may no longer surrender. And it was this like tactic that was essentially structured to encourage a city that did not entirely believe that they could hold up to a prolonged siege to surrender as soon as the army showed up at the gates right mm-hmm. uh, like really just open the doors and let us in if you're gonna fail at this otherwise we're going to like enact entire annihilation upon you and your people and tear your walls down so Mark Anthony the soldier is just like it's too late it's too late to play politics the ram has touched the wall I really love the episode title and the way that it plays I think it's a lot stronger than like okay, it, the owl in the thorn bush right it
0: literally took me until you said it again I no, you explained it and then when you said the ram well at the end it's a ram and not like a sheep right. so mm-hmm. i thought this was like a red ra- so yeah forgive me
1: yeah it could have been an entirely different dynamic <laughs> that is a different part of ancient history uh-huh. which we're not necessarily going to delve into very deeply in, in the course of rome but it's a battering ram not an yes. actual
0: ram <laughs> nor Pretty a sheep true. leave the sheep alone Yep. Probably should have put the banner, the bannering ram has touched the wall, but that's that's fine. Do you want to start with Mark Anthony? I feel like you talked about uh, he has he's in he's in every episode so far, oh, yeah. and he um we've seen it's, he's absolutely in every episode, as we saw last episode. I believe he's fully in that episode, he, he's, <laughs>
1: he is he's very new. fully in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: yeah. but I feel like this is a little bit of a a little bit of a breakup. There was some tension last episode, uh, where Caesar says, Do not like you know, debate me in front of our enemies is, is, is the, is the issue as Quintus, who I don't think is taking any message back as he slumped over a horse, but alas, Caesar trying to keep his ducks in a row saying, please do not, you know, discuss strategy as uh, an enemy is sitting in front of us. And so there's a little bit of tension there, a big tension here when Caesar's going to tell Mark Anthony that he will be staying behind, I believe with the 13th Legion mm-hmm. as, as uh, Caesar will be marching South to face, uh, To face Pompey, even though Mark Antony has been telling him, can you please go, can you please go attack Pompey? He's like, I don't know, not yet. And then when he finally does, he's like, but also you, you stay behind. We don't need you. You're good here. You run the city. A big compliment, I think, actually, but.
1: It's a huge compliment, but it's a really great, like, bit of insight into Mark Anthony. And I think Mark Anthony, to an extent, is like an avatar for all of the legions, right? Like, ostensibly, mm-hmm. Caesar is saying, I want to leave the 13th year because these guys have been afield field for eight years up in Gaul, right? Yeah. And, like, they're, uh, they're his, like, kind of closest uh, of the legions, right? So putting Mark Anthony in charge of the city is, like, a huge kind of... Um, articulation of his confidence in the man, but these guys are soldiers and, and Mark Anthony's like, I'm not like a cop. I'm not a peacekeeper. What do you want me to do here? Like, I'm ready to go make war. This is what I do. And Mark Anthony so embodies that, right? He wants to be at war. He is not comfortable at rest in this way. And there's a lot of conflict there. I know he's a really beloved character across the series. Like, we're going to see, you know, the focus shift along the way on the, on the kind of various players in the ensemble, as it were. But Mark Anthony is, like, a little larger than life sometimes, and his willingness to, like, speak to Caesar openly and to confront Caesar and to contradict Caesar uh, in front of his enemies is something that not a lot of other characters on the show necessarily are willing to do. So I think it makes him inherently, like, very compelling uh, as a foil to his leader, who he seems, like, pretty loyal to, but is also going to, like, call out when he doesn't believe in the tactics. Like, what are we doing? We're stalling our feet. We're dragging our heels. Why are we sitting here? Uh, Like, what do you mean you're going to leave me? I, I like that energy between them.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's very funny. Mark Antony, I, I think, implies at one point that Caesar is perhaps too hung up on Servilia, um, which is funny because mm-hmm. if there's one thing I know about Mark Antony is that he gets in a pretty famous relationship <laughs> down the line. So maybe some foreshadowing. But I, I feel like actually, interestingly, um, we'll, we'll talk about Mark Antony and and when um, uh, Veronis comes um, and, uh, and their relationship here in this episode. But I think, you know, I mentioned... Last episode remember the episode before about how Caesar has had a pretty, you know, glowing, you know, depiction here. And I feel like this is potentially Caesar's worst depiction uh so far in the show, in that a lot of the things he's being told to do, I mean people have a really good read on why he's not doing them, um, in terms of mostly that he's you know potentially just got back and he's gonna be with um uh, servilia. And he takes he a lot of the times like the advice he he gets given he initially refuses only then to change his mind like marching south on Pompey once he um I believe the reasoning is that uh, as I said uh, Pompey won't meet in person despite meeting all the other demands and uh, Caesar takes that as an affront and he's going to go march on him
1: yeah it's straight like wire stuff of like uh, he said my name in the streets you know Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. he won't show in the streets I love this like as they're looking for the little weak points again like just the way that they're playing these kind of Machiavellian politics and like uh, dancing with each other this way they're looking for like any mistake even Pompey like drafting up that whole thing with the people around him of like framing the language again like these conventions that have endured across thousands of years into like the modern kind of government structure that we use today it's really fascinating right but um not you know, surrender she-
0: not surrender (laughs) really
1: Uh, the notion that like Pompey won't come back to like face him to own the space this is a big deal the whole notion of like respect and honor and obligation and like these trappings of power that are so important to the like power players of the time can be used as like um, as weapons and like turned back on you right it seems like a pretty rookie mistake on the part of Pompey but it embodies part of what you talked about early on in the coverage grace which is like uh, pride right they're just like they're just people like it's mm-hmm. fundamentally pompey's pride being unwilling to like go look at this guy and be like all right you win you win julius my old friend that is going to like allow caesar to like further his agenda in this way
0: i don't think it's that ma- bad of a, a move from poppy i feel like it and it to me again where i think this is one of like caesar's weaker episodes is that i feel like it's kind of i think it's pasco his i think i believe this is his slave he's uh, Caesar's like like full-time assistant who has been really delighting me i think that the way he quips, him and caesar just quip at each other and it's often like you know caesar basically being quite rudely like well you're just a slave so why would you know any better and pasco being like i don't know i think i'm around i think i've been like in the system enough to know what's going on i believe it's kind of like him who points out like hey he won't meet you in person like that's a pretty good reason that you could like basically go to war with him and caesar's like Ah, huh, very good, Pascal. Like, very, yeah, very smart. I feel I like, like how yeah.
1: excited he gets at that idea. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're
0: right." Yeah. No, he won't meet me in person. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's it's pretty fun, but also I think in terms of like just his reputation. I mean, the graffiti you talked about last episode i believe i think it's last episode these episode recaps are blending together at this point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but about um graffiti being this like actually interesting historical record like a primary document of an extent that is not you know tainted by uh winner's right history or whatever right these are yeah, just things that were left on the wall by common by common people and so yeah this episode using the graffiti uh quite effectively to to let caesar know it uh, seems seemingly mostly to maybe embarrass servilia sort of this is very chaos as a ladder, um, Rich. It feels like from from Aftia. Oh
1: absolutely. Atia like is entirely the little finger of this whole operation, right? I mean, she like uh she's really savvy in the way that she knows how to destabilize the relationships that are like within power and that in turn will allow like the power system to crumble enough that she can grab onto the pieces and ascend and climb, right? So I think it's really tactical. I know I like was uh, uh pretty critical of like the opening credits at the beginning of our coverage a couple of days ago. At the beginning of the week there but like i do think it's a fun idea as we're going through the like streets of rome looking at the graffiti on the walls and the way it's exactly what you're talking about that the graffiti does not embody like the writings of these high-minded scholars right um i think like in certain ways the show does a great job at like challenging our preconceptions about the relationships between like slaves and their owners again no like tacit approval of slavery coming from me here right it's still like an absolutely inhumane practice that is like you know objectively pretty evil to own other human beings but at the end of the day like that relationship that caesar has with this guy is like pretty bonded there's a lot of like different dynamics there and in the same sense the notion that um you know this is like high society it's the beginnings of like civilized culture it is all these like foundational elements of law that we're going to carry for 2000 years out of this time and like repurpose for our own modern day but that fundamentally all of like these scholarly texts are being written by people who look at like three quarters of the population as less than right. Right. It's not just the slaves, but there's this real distinction between are you of noble birth are you just a citizen of Rome? Are you a free man? Are you a slave? And like, these are all very different tastes that kind of existed at the time. So the notion that like the lower class of people have this enduring record that has contributed to like our historical understanding of the time is really cool. And to see it used to such great effect in this way, when we don't have things like mass media, like I keep honing and harping on this notion of like, it's the beginning of the transition from like subsistence living to an actual culture, right? Where we have all, and entertainment and all the other things that fulfill a person's like soul, for lack of a better term, when they have a roof over their head, and water and food every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the art of the people on the streets, that's really important. Graffiti still like culturally important to us today. Right.
0: Yeah, although interestingly, in this episode, the graffiti is basically like commissioned by Antia. Seemingly, yes. that's the read, right? Antia yes. pays yes. people to go and scribble on the walls lewd images of Servilia Cerv- and and Caesar. I feel like it's so interesting because I feel like every episode, I'm like, everybody knows what she's doing, and then like literally in this episode, Servilia figures out they, they 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 her bodyguards or whatever. Like she hires people to go and find someone who did the painting. And ask who paid you, and it turns out to be to be Atia. It feels like she gets like everybody knows every bad thing she's done, and yet for whatever reason, like. But boy, it feels like, I, and we're early, and I do not know. One of the dangerous games of doing a rewatch where you haven't seen it, or like you're watching a show for the first time that's aired already, is like. Yep. For me, the worst is IMDb episode counts. If that's yep. like, if that number is not twenty two. I'm like, I'm on death watch Mm -hmm. or like when you're being written out of the show. Um, But it feels like something bad has to come to at you at some point, but also, it's like very much the meme of like, how could she keep getting away with this?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get Jesse Pinkman on here. She can't keep getting away with that. Um, I mean, I do think to what I'm talking about in terms of like the casts in this Roman culture, there are people of privilege that are able to get away with a lot. Right. Again, like to the succession analogies, like how do they keep getting away with it? Grace, like sometimes people in power, it doesn't know what you air quotes. know is true. If you can't prove it. Right. And we're going to get into that a little bit in this episode. I mean, Octavian spells it out for us. Like, just because you're suspicious doesn't mean you're wrong. You may, in fact, be right. But even if you're right, like just saying it creates a problem if you have no proof. We're like operating in this very legally structured system where to be a noble empowers you with like a great number of rights over an average person. But even just any citizen of Rome has rights. And this mm. is a very fundamental idea that like Attia is a noble woman. Like, what are they going to do? What can they really prove? just because the people in the streets are like talking about it, just because Servilia like knows, can they really prove it? Is it worth it to prove it? What's the political cost? What's the political gain, right? That's going to motivate these decisions. And let us not forget the delightful term that has endured for thousands of years and translated out of Latin, which I do not know the Latin of and wish I did at this moment. But revenge is a dish best served cold grace, right? Like Mm -hmm. information is power. And a lot of times people like to lock it up and store it away and like take it out once it's like fully ripe and has come to its fruition to be utilized, you know.
0: How are how are um, Servilia and Atia related? they are so just, they're, not, they're not one they're like
1: Atti of the house of July which is which is Caesar's house right We talked early on about I'm like just remembering pieces and I'm trying not to do too much like uh historical research as we go here because I think it's probably fun for me to say nonsense things for people who know that I'm wrong but um
0: I think this I, got stuck in my head because in episode one I mm-hmm. thought that servilia was his wife and so then I'm like yep. oh the neat but they're actually not related so they're just, yeah
1: so servilia is yeah. from the house of Junai right and this is like a uh, Brutus's line like they're an old noble house it's going to come up later but like Servilia's ancestors are among the founders of Rome right Um, they're like blood mm-hmm. traces back to like the original kind of uh leaders of, of the society and and ultimately Atia is the one who's like related by blood I think Caesar is going to call her his niece oftentimes yeah. like he's an uncle it's a big family and like you know she's related to him and the rest of them are not
0: connected okay good. I, got, I mean, yep. yeah, it'd be weird if they were related. and then Servilia is sleeping with Caesar, but I was like,
1: I don't know. It's Rome. Who knows? So yeah, know. put a pin in that. I'm sure it won't come up. It does, a- it's not common on HBO, right? So-
0: There's yeah. a delightful conversation where, um, I uh, Atya, who actually maybe is has the, the most progressive moment in the entire show so far. Oh, yeah, who comes in and is, like, I mean, it's a little girl, but it's like, hey, son, like, I heard you were with Caesar, like, that's great, maybe, you know, I heard he's interested in you. Here are my tips to like seduce. Caesar, and he's like, no, no, that you're misreading. I was like, he actually is like very ill, and I was actually helping. She's like, all right, son, like, <laughs> it's like, oh boy, uh, yeah. Apparently, more common, I believe. The thing is like, at least in Roman times, homosexuality was like, you know, okay, you know, uh, more accepted as long as like the male was like, it's more accepted for the male who is the like pursuer and like, you know, the person like having sex with the with the other man right that's the mm-hmm. apparently that's what I was reading about Robin. yep
1: yep I mean it's much more uh common than anybody wants to like acknowledge I think and then it's really like it's interesting we're going to see the elements of like sexuality and like the fluidity there as we go further in the series it's going to like come up again right I love uh Atia like also like just slagging Octavia while she praises Octavian yeah. of like you could never compete with this side Young man, you know, it's like, oh my god, this is brutal. And he just like keeps doubling down in the denials, like, no, you're ridiculous. And it's not that. And she gives this thing of like, well, he is your uncle, but then again, who's to say what's acceptable
0: these days? That's (laughs) very funny for a show set in like, you know, 40. 40 bc or whatever you know yep. it's like uh you know yep. what's acceptable nowadays huh yeah you know, yep. the real progressive world of the <laughs> 43 bc you know it's very, um,
1: funny. it's very fascinating and she does importantly extract from him this like he he will reveal like oh no seizure is a terrible affliction and they're like yeah. what what is it what is it he's like no, no i took it out. i'll
0: never tell i'll never tell Except I kind you know, I did tell you he has an affliction, but I'll never tell you what it is. It's like that's bad, bad, bad news, Octavia. Uh,
1: the pressure of Actia on young Octavian, like Octavian is a little brat, right? I mean, he's pretty, he's not like a little you know kid, but okay. I do like him. I can
0: guess. I, can I say I disagree? I've been, I've been like trying to, I don't find him to be that bratty. I think he has a, a pretty bratty mother. And so I find him actually like, I feel like he's like an annoyed teenager, but like for the most, I mean, he's pretty ruthless this episode, I will say. When he's like, we have to kill him and dump him in the thing, which is like in the same episode where earlier Veronis is like, I can't kill a man who I'm like, I, I know I'll break his arm, but I can't kill him. And Octavia is like, dump him in the river, you know? I don't find him to be that, uh, like, he, you know, Looking at his circumstances, I feel, uh, I feel, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not
1: like trying to say it's his fault for, uh, being like a bratty kid, right? He never really had a chance. And within the context of ancient Rome, again, like put the giant asterisks on this entire podcast and everything I say of like within the context of like a world where it's like okay to own slaves and slap them around and do all this stuff. Like, he's not particularly terrible compared to well, his I, I thought he was like, like, I thought he was going to
0: be Joffrey. I don't find
1: him to be Joffrey. Oh no, I mean Cersei could only dream of a child yeah. this competent. If he were Joffrey, it would have yeah. been a pretty great story. I think by you the think- end of <laughs> <laughs> I would uh-huh. have been like uh Lannister Gold all the way, Grace. But uh-huh. yeah, yep.
0: Yeah. Um, you want to talk about Octavian and Pool? I kind of love this where Pula goes to him and uh their training it's to make him like a military man and and you know David's like no i can he actually says it very early on the episode he's He's great he's like it's not the killing i can't do it's like the sword fighting like i could stab a man in the back i just i just can't fight him with the sword and carry a shield and then pula's like well okay if we're gonna take a break how about i ask you for advice you seem like a worldly man how about i ask you about whether or not i should tell my friend that his wife is cheating on him i think this is so funny
1: it's my favorite. I've been so excited for us to get here because I know you love this trope. You love uh, yeah. Mandalorian, Last yeah. of Us, like yeah. old grizzled guy who is not fully equipped to take care of a child, but yeah. is tasked with doing so. uh Pulo being hired to teach him the masculine arts is so good. And yeah. Octavian's like pure contempt at this notion, right? Like mm-hmm. in some ways, Octavian is such like a philosopher. It's so kind of old before his time. Yeah. And in other ways, he's so desperately trying to cling to a childhood that his mother is like ripped away from him right um as he like lives in this world but the unlikely friendship between these two like the respect that they have for one another mm-hmm. right they could not be more different uh this man of like low birth who is a like, military guy and like driven by his base impulses and this young philosopher ultimately right but they can see one another for what they are I really love him going off on the like uh you know pulo like oh well you'll be a middling swords but that's good he's like no there' are like countless graves filled with middling swords better like to never wield a sword than to be a middling swordsman right like yeah. he really is so on point all this stuff and and Pulo knowing enough to be like this whole problem with Varenus is like so above my brain's pay grade like I have never had to think about anything this complex before help me help me young uh, well, there's young a good Octavian, one where, where he's
0: know? like say, a, say a, a wife was cheating on her husband and uh, I think Octavius is like oh Varenus and his wife <laughs> yeah come on yeah okay yeah don't blurt it out like that you know but yeah basically yeah
1: it could be a really, like, bad writing trope where, like, Octavian says a thing and people reject it. And then Octavian explains his logic again and again and again, right? This is, like, how this kid rolls. And and I love it. I think it, like, works so effectively every time. And it really is uh, great for the post-show recap of it all, for, like, the analysis to dive into. But I do love, like, Octavian, like, honing in on all of this. And and his absolute willingness to be, like, you're saying. Like ruthless to the nth degree. This kid's like morality is like off the chart. He'll do whatever it takes to like accomplish the goal at the end of the day, but he just doesn't want to have to get sweaty or raise his heart rate to get it done, Grace. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's like he's yeah. saying to Pulo, like, it gives me a fever, it's bringing on a fever. And yeah. Pula's like, You're just not used to it. Come on, come on, you know.
0: Well, one of the things that I think is interesting is this conversation where he says, Suspicion is not enough alone. Uh, without facts, you must remain silent. And so he they're gonna then go on this escapade of, of you know kidnapping, abducting Evander, and then ultimately killing him once he reveals the truth, so that the truth can never come out. But it's very funny to to like Octavian's advice to Pulo about not having enough uh, evidence, and the, and the things he's saying about if you put it out there in the world, like that's that's dangerous. And I but I think what's interesting is that some people would have the opposite sort of um, you know, I feel like his mother Atia is very mm-hmm. much like oh, it's great to put it out there. Like the suspicion mm-hmm. suspicion is enough to cause chaos and and for me to maneuver through the world. And she basically does this, right? With she's suspicious and you could argue that she does, but she doesn't really have proof that Servilian sees her or something together. Not really from what we've seen. And yet she believes it enough to get the graffiti painted. And she's like, this is one where she happens to be right. Uh, that like, this is true and this is what's mm-hmm. happening. But also she doesn't have proof to know Enough for certain. And yet she goes ahead with getting all these men to paint the graffiti.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like a rumor in the streets, right? This is the thing, like, uh, Mark Anthony talks about, like, the whole 13th knows it. He's unmanned. He's, like, he's lost his vim, you know? All he wants to do is, like, ostensibly, this is the reason that he's so reluctant to, like, go drive after Pompey. He's, like, living his life. He, too, has been away for eight years fighting the Gauls, right? Um. So the way that, that she is just completely willing to capitalize on this rumor, to, like, fan the flames of it, so to speak, it doesn't matter if it's true. It's completely irrelevant to your point. All she cares about is like destabilizing the relationships and creating this chaos. I love the connection. Like, I really didn't make the one to one until you said it, but like, it really is the chaos is a ladder. She embodies it so effectively dare I say better than Littlefinger Uh, she's really like good at capitalizing on the fallout amidst these people and she's like such a treacherous turncoat right like she just leans with the wind in whatever direction that's going to be while also being like very driven she knows what she wants and what she wants is like relatively ambiguous in the sense of like she just wants power right she wants power she wants wealth she wants the trappings thereof and like any way that they can achieve to get it is completely acceptable um so the whole like fall out of the graffiti i thought it's really like excellent the way it plays but um
0: yeah, yeah yeah the scene where she's like you know he he breaks it off and you know it's like for for now he's like no forever like i'm gone we got it we can't this is a good time to break it off uh it's quite sad for civilian i think i mean you know it's also sad really- for calperny to have to like be strolled through the streets on a on the thing and and, and all the graffiti and snickering behind her. Yeah,
1: it really is. It's probably way worse for Calpurnia, but um, it was a marriage of political convenience, right? Yeah. It is what it is. I have uh, like all this emotion for Servilia. I really, do just love Lindsay Duncan in the role? And I'm really excited to to talk about where it goes coming out of all of this. But certainly, like, there's some bad blood now. Now we have some like invisible animosities, right? In terms of like, Servilia knows what went on, but Atia doesn't know that Servilia knows, and mm-hmm. how is that going to color? their interactions moving forward uh, it's it's fascinating space to live in with these like with these powerful women that are like moving and shaking on their own right
0: yeah also for me knowing that brutus is pretty involved in caesar's reign but has chosen to go with pompey and yet now caesar has broken off his entanglement with servilia I really don't know how it all sort of happens, so I'm interested. Mm-hmm. But it, it creates interesting sort of chess pieces on the board. Just to wrap up, uh, Pulo and uh, Octavian, uh, pretty brutal. It's like, yeah, I guess we got to cut off his thumbs, and they he does literally cut off his thumbs.
1: I love Octavian being like the actual sociopath in the dynamic here. As Pulo's like, it's I've funny I did just it's funny I did send him.
0: him, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that he made uh, Pulo cut.
1: Off but his but I mean, I'm calling him a sociopath, and that's a fair, like Chopper. On Ahsoka's a sociopath. He's a, just yeah. a droid, but he is. Yeah. He delights in like violence. It's not that Octavian's like having fun watching this man suffer. He's yeah. a pragmatist, right? Yeah. I think to like use uh like some like Roman logic terms. Like this is the way to resolve the situation, right? He's just like, and, and I love that he does like lock in on him. He's got like that Jin Suquan, or I'm sorry, that that like Saeed human lie detector energy mm. of like, no, he's lying, he's lying, and Pool is like, if he He's real smart. He's way smarter than me. If he says he's lying, you're lying you're lying butcher you know um and the thumb cutting is just so like grueling as he screams and it looks like you know that's not the last of what they do they work him over pretty hard before they get the reveal about the baby and like throw his corpse down into the sewer but this bond this secret between the two of them it's like you know i think it's going to be important moving forward that like this went down with them and then the whole beat of octavian like you can never tell veritas that this happened by the way like we are like his batman Where his secret protectors in the sewer is like He can't know about any of this dude
0: Did you see that um, uh, On HBO they have have a, A deleted scene, an alternate cut of when Pulo reveal or not Pulo uh, Vander reveals that he's the father. Did you see this? I did. I did he goes, um, this. he goes, uh, who has no thumbs and is uh Naobi's the baby of Naobi's baby? This guy. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, and he points to himself with no thumbs. I think stubby, like bloody thumbless. That's pretty good. No, That's pretty no, good. Who has no <laughs> thumbs and is the father of Naobi's baby? This guy. If someone wants to meme that. Please, please. I think a vander pictures might be tough to find on the internet, but we can we can do it. Um, oh, yeah, vander yep. It feels like uh you know what I think is really interesting. We'll talk about Veronus in a bit, but I think it's really interesting that is he's like, oh, I've sold myself to a tyrant. You have niobe thanking him, like genuinely, like thank you, like you needed to do this for our family, like we would have had no money otherwise and no way to make you know sustain ourselves. And at the same time, like Pulo, it feels like kills him out of anger. Like he kills this man out of anger. He could have. Like I don't know if the intention is always like if he says he's the father of the baby. I, well, I don't know that they're review. They're they. Necess- I guess they they are gonna. I mean, Octavian
1: there. is saying him in the beginning. You're gonna die. It's a yeah, done it's deal. Right. Now that we've got you in the sewers, you will die for this. I know that you're lying. So you have two choices. You could die slowly in horrific pain and go to Hades gates with like shame. Hades is not the guy. That's a Greek god. Or you can like own what happened here and we'll kill you nice and quickly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so like, this guy was never getting out of the sewers, you know. But I am with you. I don't think that that like that nullifies the fact that like Pulo's angry. Yeah, he Pulo's does not like have angry for his friend. Definitely, yeah. like there's anger driving what he's doing, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Octavian being like, all right, Varenis can never can never know. Um, yeah, Varenis is, he tries out a new gig this episode. He's on the job hunt. He, she's going to be, <laughs> the sales pitch was wrong, maybe. This is like when you go to a job interview, or, or like you read the job description, like, I could do that. And you show up on first day, and they're like, it's mostly other duties as assigned. Um, which is, because he's like, just your presence alone is enough to do this job. And he's like, could you actually break his arm and kill him, actually? Um, mm-hmm. Which, for is willing to do the first one and the other one is a step too far for him.
1: Yeah, this guy, what's his name? Erastes, uh, real yeah. jerk. I mean, the real like false advertising. He's like, you know, he does the whole thing. It's such gaslighting, crazy. Yeah, where he's just like, oh, you don't want to borrow money. Something terrible could happen to you. But I could get you work. Clearly, I mean, you just need to stand there and look imposing. Uh, it's like it's such a, a manipulation. And again, like I keep talking about it in these D and D terms of law and chaos, right? But Varinus is like a, a man of ethics like he's got his code he's got his beliefs, he's got his own morality and it is deeply deeply important to him. Uh, Veranus is not like a noble born man but his family name is like important to him his line, his lineage, like what he's like gonna, what people will say about him when he's gone to his children all of this stuff like really matters and informs Veranus's decisions and Varenis has a really clear sense in his mind of like right and wrong, right? And mm-hmm. like this is just wrong this is like completely unacceptable to like be doing this so so it's tough like i uh dare i say grace i'm like more uncomfortable watching veritas take this job that he doesn't want to have to take than watching like erastus get his thumbs cut off in the sewer seat now there's like an element of that that is just yeah. so like over the top and bombastic that like it's removed for me but i feel for veritas having to like compromise his morality to try for his morality to try to like provide for his family and i'm so glad when he walks out right
0: uh, does he walk out? He he doesn't. He doesn't get accepted in the. He does, right? He he. Oh yeah, no, no, he does. He does with yeah. the evil. Oh, he walks out of the, the Rasties. Yeah, gotta, he like gotta, walks yeah.
1: out of like. I'm not going to torment these Hindus for your crappy job. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so he's going to go back to Mark Antony and he'll accept the offer. And Antony is like, you know, well, you know, I recall that you declined. Actually, I don't really remember making the offer. So he offers him much, much less, much less money, basically, um, and offers him loyalty under death uh, is, is the agreement. So he'll be accepted to the Evocati. He looks yeah, pretty upset to do this, but also he's like doing the right thing. He's choosing not to drown uh, as as it uh, was implied. Last time he was he was offered the position. You got to put your oxygen
1: mask on first yeah. before you can help the people around you, right? And mm-hmm. like ultimately, the whole situation with the slaves, like that's pretty rough. You know, <laughs> everybody died, and the guys like I kept
0: him here so you could see I wasn't messing with them. I will say after having lived through um, a global pandemic, I, I bringing the boy home. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not the advocate. I mean, like, like, like he was living with the, the, you know, with the people who all died from the bloody flex, but yeah, it's a choice.
1: And how like jarring is it to see the kids like treating him like, Oh, yay. You oh, well name him. Human being. Yeah. I'm going to name him after my dead pigeon. Right uh, it's pretty rough. Right. But, but yeah, I love the whole like Eva Cotty thing, like him going back to mark anthony and mark anthony being like are you kidding me like really like giving him like no you rejected my offer remember and then yeah. i told you i wouldn't be so friendly when you came back and he does him pretty good he doesn't give him ten thousand denarii; he gives him nine nine which like it's a pay cut but it's not as big of a pay cut as he would have been willing to take to like get the job back right 100%. and then yeah. this whole notion of like loyalty and mark anthony seems to be implying like loyalty by the way i mean to me personally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you will have my back lucius verennis after this whole yeah. thing and lucius does it you know i i mean it's a pretty high little beat there at the end i i definitely take
0: it yeah it's good all right let's head. let's let's put some people in the coliseum rich uh i believe i went first yesterday i put caesar in you got someone you want to toss in there
1: I yeah, so I get a couple of things. The one thing is like a Servilia at the end, like mm-hmm. inscribing the like the the cursed oh, yeah. tablets. Good. This is so cool. Yeah. I think it's like such a cool scene. And then like it's not clear, but they're being delivered to the houses right. of of Caesar and Antia, right? That's right. like where they get shoved in the cracks. I really really love that. In terms of somebody that I have to put into the arena though, who I think wins out. Like I love Servilia's whole little thing. This episode of like making these curses i think it's filmed so effectively but she gets pretty like uh, run over as it were i think young octavian he really like yeah. uh, you know he rejects some of the training that titus bulow was presenting to him in the masculine arts but he does he knows a real he's good, not good murder. at it he knows yeah. he's not good at
0: it but he, he, can kill he
1: leans him. hard into the murder though he does a yeah. real good job of like interrogation torture murder which are apparently part of the masculine arts in ancient rome so i'm gonna nominate young octavian
0: Okay. I like it. That's good. I'm going to nominate, um, let me just, uh, we have had him on the board. He's actually won a battle up against, uh, Atia in episode three, but I'm going to, I'm going to nominate Varenus I feel like, uh, mm-hmm. this is a different, uh, you know, take, this is not the, you know, he's sort of like swallowing his pride, uh, as opposed to Octavian sleuthing around. I think it's a very good episode for, for, for him, uh, to start so low, to lose all your slaves. Tough tough start to the day uh by the end of it he's he's back he's got a job he's he's for uh, his family and look at all the people who are out there like octavian and pulo are like protecting him they're like out there like you know they're, they got his back. So I think They uh, got his back. He's got invisible Anthony friends. Anthony takes him. I I yeah, I, I nominate Veronis, I think. Yeah. I I think it's a good Veronis episode.
1: I really like Veronis as a character like a lot. I love the kind of lesser of two evils thing that he's got to do yeah. here of swallowing his pride and going back to Mark Anthony And um and like part of what's implied is like where can he fit in the world if not in this job, right? Like you yeah. do a thing for so long and like where else do you go? Um I I think it's a tough battle
0: between I, I was like, going to pick Octavian so i'm happy okay to, to I, i'm again. glad yeah yeah, good. yeah. He, yeah. uh he's a ruthless little smart little guy yeah i would have fought um, for
1: the boy this week and i feel like uh no spoilers but we will talk about Varennis again okay. to be sure
0: yeah um talking about a scene we want to highlight i mean you did uh note uh servilia's um her cursing the the uh caesar and atia to the gods um i want to give one that i i'm not nominating it because uh it's a good it's good for this visit, but there's <laughs> where Poppy's on the beach and he gets the note from the for that Caesar has withdrawn that he's refused the truce and he goes uh, how how happy your life must be to be a slave. Have no will, have to make no decisions. you're like driftwood. How very restful it must be to be a slave what a this is a bad look. It's for- like
1: yeah. the kind of things we say in the 21st century about cats <laughs> you know what i mean like how good it must be to be a dog you know you get fed all day people take care of you you don't have to worry about anything i mean i just listen. want to
0: highlight this atrocious edit that Pompey is getting of like literally a, a whole monologue about how easy life must be to be a slave <laughs>
1: it, it, it really is like uh hilarious again within the context of where we're at it's really like it's pretty good i love pompey's uh f- philosophical music
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah but something else you want to highlight um I think i could to
1: double down. I really like, like, I like a lot of this scene. Um, oh. I, I really like even Pulo training with Octavian in the courtyard. Yeah. Uh, the whole reveal of like Attia, like, Ooh, way to seduce your uncle. I like that. Two <laughs> thumbs up, like gold star for you. You get an extra dessert, Octavian. But I think that, that um, at the end, the actual like inscribing of the curse tablets with Servilia. This is just so cool, right? Like it's another one of these things that this show does really well that I feel like, um, a lot of showrunners and TV writers nowadays, no shade to them after their recent victory with the, with the, uh, recent strike. But, Mm -hmm. um, there's a measure of confidence in the audience that we don't need to like spell out exactly what's happening here. They just show us what's happening. And it's on us as viewers a little bit to like do a little bit of like critical thinking to understand what, what's going on in front of us. And I think it just evokes these like feelings of, of ancient Rome. It like creates this sense of immersion for me of like, you know, the woman scorned the tablets, the delivery, all of it. It's a real like paradigm shift in her outlet. And, uh, I, I love getting to watch Lindsey Duncan here every day on these things. So, yeah,
0: I mean, I know you said it's up to us as audience members to like figure out what's going on, but who has not cursed their ex lover uh, by writing on a tablet and getting it delivered to their their family house?
1: Listen, I mean, if you uh, if you join me like on the occasional instances where I'm over at twitch.tv slash dmphilly playing D&D, you know that I will often ask, but what about your enemies, Grace? <laughs> but what about right. your shadow enemies? Like uh-huh. and I'm not talking about your characters, I'm talking about your actual shadow enemies. So right. uh, I have I have
0: inscribed many a curse tablet as yeah. Serbilia taught me to. All right. Well, I think that's episode five. The Ram has touched the wall. No surrender thus far. We will not be back tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday, unless you're listening to this once a day after we've recorded them all. And then you can listen to it tomorrow if you want, or right now. Um, but we'll be back to, on Monday to talk about season one, episode six. Mm, Agiria. I haven't watched the episodes. So I don't know how this is pronounced. E-G-E-R-I-A, Rich. Uh, Agiria agiria uh,
1: yeah it's tomato it's tomato it's potato it's potato it's agiria <laughs> it's agiria is this latin for find out. tomato
0: is that what the agiria that's exactly what it is. <laughs> i didn't want to spoil it i do not okay. want to spoil it.
1: they're gonna throw a All lot right. of tomatoes next episode okay
0: well great that sounds very fun um in the meantime until we are back again rich where can people find you i'm at dm philly on twitter go hit me up my dms are
1: open let us know what you're thinking about rome the fall of rome
0: i'm on twitter at hi from grace we'll be back tomorrow as we talk about rome every single day.